Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Hello everyone, welcome to another broadcast. We're so glad you tuned in. And I think you'll be glad you tuned in as well, because today Dr. Jennings, who joins us via Skype, is addressing a pressing issue that's on the minds of many these days. People want to know the difference between church and state, and whether we Christians, the church, can accomplish the gospel commission through human governments, the state. See, I told you you'd be glad you tuned in. Let's see what the doctor has to say. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? First off, Jesus said that his kingdom is not of this world. And when Satan tempted Christ, he took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth as his and offering them to Christ. Jesus said in Luke 20 and 21, he says, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observations, nor is it when people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Hmm. Understand very clearly, there are no human governments that actually represent the government of God, none. The church is supposed to be advancing the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of a human governmental system, whichever that governmental system is. And that's because they operate completely differently. All human governments operate upon made up rules that we call laws, and those rules require external enforcement through inflictions of punishments. That's how all human law works, whether it's a traffic citation for speeding, whether it's fines or imprisonment, or any other law that you break in a human society, it is enforced through infliction of punishment. God's kingdom does not work that way. Jesus said God's kingdom is within you. Human governments, the laws are outside of you. It's adjudicated in a courtroom. Justice is so-called inflicted. Innocence and guilt is determined by an external party. And it's a verdict that's rendered and, and punishments enforced. That's not happening within you. That's happening outside of you. People who have vile evil and guilt in their heart can still be declared by a judge not guilty and set free in a human justice that's system. That's true. That's true. And innocent people who've done no wrong can have a verdict of guilty and sent to prison. Human justice and the human legal system and the human governments are not the government of God. And when the church fails to recognize the difference and begins to solicit participation with the state for the advancement of the gospel, the state is not reformed. The church is corrupted is what happens. Now, Dr. Jennings, no, wait a minute. There, there are some who will say, look, one nation under God. There's the word, one nation under God. And we've had presidents who will walk across the street and hold up a Bible in front of a church. And they say, you know, I represent you as Christians. I, I'm, I'm here for you. This, this is a Christian nation and we're doing Christian thing and we're doing the work of God here on earth. Yeah, and that's exactly correct, that that argument is made repeatedly, and the same argument is made in Islamic countries yeah. for the Sharia laws and other countries that have a strong religious fervor of their particular religious belief systems. Uh, God is invoked all the way back to the, the ancients and the Babylonians and, and the Code of Hammurabi. It was implemented under the authority of the god Marduk that they worshipped in their day. And so this, this idea of merging law with God is a very common 
perversion Mm. of the divine character Mm. because God's laws do not work like human law. God is the creator. He builds reality. His laws do not discriminate. His laws are constant. They never change. So if you took a, a Muslim, a Jew, and a Christian to the top of the Empire State Building and they all jumped off, Gravity would not treat them differently. That's true. That's true. Gravity is one of God's laws, as are the laws of physics and the laws of health and so on and so forth. God's laws are constants. And this is why in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, it says in Hebrews 8.10, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. Mm -hmm. God heals and transforms the inner working of the being. A government cannot do that. Human government cannot do that. And this is why it says in Zechariah 4, 6, that God does not work by might or power, but by the way the Spirit works, says the Lord. And the Spirit works as truth presented in love, leaving people free. One of the problems, though, is that many people will want to have a better society and they will have good Christian values, but then they will pursue advancing those good Christian values that are righteous and very biblical through the implementation of law and coercive enforcement of the other. And this always ends up doing harm and injustice and causing division and conflict in society. Understand very clearly, The imposed law systems of human governments in a sinful world are only righteously able to restrain evil. So the human governments God permits to exist, as says in in Romans 13 and other places, to hold in check those who would abuse others simply because they have the might or means to do so, to hold in check the rapist and the murderer and the syndicate criminals, to hold in check to create atmospheres where people can thrive and develop. Whenever the governments transcend from simply holding in check people who are doing evil to instead passing laws that are designed or intended to advance righteousness, then those laws begin causing harm rather than promoting wellness. And you cannot advance righteousness or morality by legislation. You will always cause injustice rather than justice when you do that. glad you said it that way because a lot of people will say, you know, well, yes, don't murder someone, but then they'll take the fact that the government agrees with that, don't murder someone, and they'll start applying it to other principles of the Bible that really have no place in government. Is that what I hear you saying? And could you give us some examples of that? Yes, I will. give you a couple examples. One, human governments can pass laws to make marijuana legal. Mm -hmm. They cannot pass laws to make marijuana healthy. Okay, okay. Human governments can pass laws to make certain relationships legal. Mm -hmm. They cannot pass laws to make certain relationships holy or sacred. Okay. So if you think about, for instance, marriage, according to Scripture, marriage is a sacred or God-blessed relationship. Mm -hmm. If you look at the history of the Reformation, prior to the Reformation in Martin Luther's era, about 500 years ago, all marriages occurred in the church. State had no role in those marriages, at least in the European countries, state had no role in marriage. 
It was at the behest of the reformers who didn't want the now Lutheran and other non-Catholic believers having to go to the Catholic priests to register their marriages. And in order to do that, you'd have to get the Catholic priests to marry you, and then that would require you to adhere to the supremacy of the papacy, and so they wouldn't honor those marriages. So the Reformation leaders went to the states and had the states create registries for their marriages. And the states got involved in marriage registration and marriage licensures and taxes and all the little ways they can make money. And and eventually there were certain legal uh, benefits when, you know, tax and inheritance of property and and all the other things that come with it. And eventually, then same-sex couples wanted all these benefits and wanted to be recognized in a in a civil society as having the same benefits as a heterosexual couple. And so they worked eventually through the Supreme Court in at least American other societies to get the legal rights. And the states can do that. They can grant inheritance rights and next of kin rights and, and so forth and so on that is identified as marriage. However, states can never decide or determine whether something is blessed of God or not. Mm-hmm. When we say we want to we want to have a state that reflects our church, there's a limit to that, I hear you saying. Am I right in saying that? The church's mission is not to reform governments. Mm-hmm. Governments of the earth will not and cannot experience salvation and will not go to heaven. People are saved as their hearts are converted to Christ. And so the church's mission is to bring people to Jesus Christ to be reborn and converted with new motives such that they are saved and become part of the kingdom of God so that when Christ returns and sets up his government that will never end, they will be part of that government and there'll be no other governments on earth except that one. Okay, okay. Well then, in the four minutes we have left here of the program, How do we deal with things like same-sex marriage? How do we deal with things like abortion? How do we deal with these items that the church has very definite ideas and, and feelings about, and the state may not agree? Should the church rise in mass and try to change the state? Should the state make the churches feel guilty and then have punishments for what they're trying to do? Isn't a principle of Christianity that Jesus is our role model? Yes, yes, yes. Did Jesus live in a government, a human government, that was considered a moral human government? Yes, yes. The Roman government. Or did the Romans actually hold slaves? Did the Romans have gladiators killing themselves for sport? Did the Romans have all types of pagan worship and orgies and and exploitation and and child sex slaves and and all kinds of stuff going on? There's all types of immoral and human abuses and injustices happening in that society. Do we see in the New Testament Jesus or the apostles advocating for new senators in Rome, new governors in Palestine, changing the government of Rome, or do we see them advancing the gospel to change the hearts and minds of people? And as the gospel advanced where the hearts and minds of people changed, society changed. The Roman government was overthrown, but not through seeking to overthrow the government. The people no longer practiced those methods because they had changed their hearts and minds. And so there is a way to change society, but we don't change society in the Christian approach through seeking to get the government's legislators to change society. We 
seek it through actually bringing people to Christ and, and living the gospel message in such a way that it becomes more appealing and hearts and minds change, and then society does change when we do that. That's exactly what Christ did, isn't it? That's exactly right. And so one of the traps that the, that the devil will, will get us into is he will get us to see something that we could potentially improve upon if we just got the laws changed or the right officials elected. And then the church diverts its energy from actually bringing souls to Christ to save them for eternity to getting a piece of legislation passed that will somehow make the community or the, or the civil society we live in maybe a little bit more just in how it treats each other. There's nothing wrong with having more just laws. Of course, we should have gotten rid of Jim Crow laws and gotten rid of slavery and so forth and so on. But you can get rid of all of that stuff and still lose souls for eternity is my point. Wow. Dr. Jennings with us today talking about the church and state and how they should function in the presence of each other. Very, very insightful. I appreciate that. Dr. Jennings has a website, comeandreason.com, a lot of resources there. Dr. Deng, tell us about these sharing tracks you have on your website available to our listeners. What are those about? So we have a variety of different ones that focus on different topics, and people can email us, and if they have a U.S. postal address, we'll ship them anywhere. And they're just very short, uh, very brief little tracks that hit uh, questions of how can you have uh, a disagreement and remain friends? Yeah. How do you uh, handle addictions in a Christian way? What are God's design laws and how do they work in our life? Questions like this. Oh, wonderful. That's at comeandreason.com. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. There's many more resources available there at comeandreason.com. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing today. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Charles. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>